today we are with Luca. So Luca, first of all, I want to thank you that you are here right now today and you joined us. So thank you, thank you first for of all. Me. And I will just dive in it. Amazing. Yeah. So introduce yourself to us, to the audience. So hello, I'm Luca Rometsky. Um I've been uh, with Tomei a lot and have now pivoted to starting my own startup. And um, in terms of a journey that I've been through so that you can place me a little bit, I've come from the informatics uh, bachelor background and did finance and information management. But basically all along I did AI things. And finally, I, I loved bringing AI to people because back then it was a niche topic. And so I um, yeah, helped people start Tomei and um, that's been blowing up. And then after my master's finished, we found the idea and started the startup and now I'm here. Sounds cool. So how are you besides your startup and everything in life? Yeah, no, it's, it's been nice. Uh, I was with the intro, uh, introduction of the uh, AI lab, uh, which was quite cool, uh, seeing some new people going in the next iteration. Otherwise, yeah, weather is quite warm right now, yeah. um, but nothing, nothing rough, so I'm fine. How about you? So, I'm, I'm good as well. I'm trying to live my life and stuff nice. with my studies. Overall good. So, how was the journey to start a startup? So, I've never really been into entrepreneurship, actually. Yeah. Um, I was more uh, the big corporate guy. I've started working uh, for a corporate since the second semester of my bachelor's. And so it was more like a journey of like, hey, this is cool. I want to do things. And I was always like connected to why we're doing it. Uh, try to get closer to the user. And um, at some point during my master's, I started an internship where they transferred me then to a startup. And that was my first like, introduction to the whole startup world. And it blew me away. It was like all of the bullshit got removed. You just focus on what you actually do with people. Um, uh, really try to build something that actually matters. And every time that doesn't work, um, well, it's on you. And you need to go back and fix it. And I really liked that atmosphere, that attitude. No like large hierarchies of moving things. So everything in corporate is typically very slow. And uh, so after my master's, I was very much looking for joining startups or going in the whole ecosystem. I didn't really plan on founding something. Uh, that whole thing happened because we were confronted with the problem a lot after our master's and also during Tomei. So uh, we're doing something in recruiting. And yeah. after the master's, I was obviously applying for positions. Um, so did one of my co-founders. And at the same time, I was running recruiting for Tomei since the very beginning, which um, turned into a bigger and bigger and bigger problem because yeah. you have more and more people applying. And um, the interesting thing was that for both sides, it's shit. So like for, for the talent, for the uh, company, um, nobody's having fun with it. And yes. I'm going to interrupt you a bit. Yes. When I uh, receive those emails where yes. they say, I'm, we are so sorry that <laughs> we need to reject you and stuff. They seems like they're having fun, but I'm not. <laughs> those are typically automated also because yeah, you can get course. in a lot of legal trouble if you don't automate them, which is also fun. But yeah, the, so the whole situation was, was bad. And um, we've also in the startups um, that all three of us have been in uh, handled it a bit of recruiting. And so with all of the AI craze uh, starting to happen, that was like before ChatGPT, that was like GPT-3 alpha times, yeah. um, we were like, there's something there. We don't know what is there, but recruiting is utterly broken and we want to check it out. And that's 
when we started uh, working on it, uh, we were still working part-time then uh, for other jobs, but we really wanted to look into it if there's something. And that's how we started. Sounds really cool. But um, as I know that other entrepreneurs started their journey when they were so little mm. and they always try to find things new, uh, build things. They were not good in good at school and stuff, but you were also good at school and also social activities. You you were a part of a student initiative. So mm. that's a huge social activity for me. And then when they were working, other entrepreneurs, when they were working at the firms, they didn't uh, think that they belonged there. Do you have any of those things that pop up that may be a part of your entrepreneur spirit? I think anyone can become an entrepreneur because in yeah. the end it's just about finding a problem that you're passionate about and doing something about it. However, like this I had for a long time that I always wanted to do something about it and everybody that tried to block me, I somehow went around it. But that meant that I typically had fun with it. I never optimized for like um, the big fame or business or whatever, but rather had fun uh, during my life. And also the Tomea initiative, it was amazing when um, I heard of this WhatsApp group that basically existed. And so when I came in, we threw the first hackathon um, together with OpenAI and it was like it blew up immediately. And that was not because we wanted to be big or because we wanted to reach a lot of people. It was rather because uh, we cared a lot about AI and we brought it to a lot of people. And the same is now with the startup. It's not about us being super famous with what we do. It's rather about how can we help people? How can we do something that yeah, brings joy to people and help them in their lives? And yeah, I think anybody can do that as soon as they find something yeah. they're passionate about. Can you explain what you do in your startup a bit more in the detail? Um, so I think there's like two ways to look at it. One is the business, one is what it does for you. So essentially we're a recruiting platform. Yeah. Um, so for you, you can imagine that kind of like ChatGPT um, being the base for you to find your next job. So you can really be authentic, you can present yourself, you can talk about what you want, what you also don't like. And um, we use that to automatically give you straight up relevant uh, positions and we help you also fit to them. And instead of you applying or something, the same ha happens on the other side with the team lead, which means that we can build a great connection uh, between you two and you can basically jump straight into an interview. So we can imagine it, imagine your startup as a communication channel between the job and the people who... Yeah are willing to apply to that job. Exactly, we're, we're trying to find the quickest and uh, most authentic connection between team leads and talents. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's exactly it. And the interesting thing about the, the business side, and that's also why we're a, a platform in the end, is because when we looked into recruiting and why this broken, we actually found out that, well, a lot of the way that you do recruiting right now was limited by technologies, were limited by why we did recruiting in the first place, which ended up being a lot of titles and keywords and everything. And we realized that the, the actual good things um, that you can build great connections on that headhunters use, that agencies use, are all the squishy bits. So they call you up and ask you what you want. And uh, now with AI, that was the first time that you could do that because AI can understand this, can also ask questions and so on. So like, we could start crafting um, this new process. And the big problem was that there is no data. There is no data yeah. on you online about what you want, care about, what your next step you would like to have. And also the, the team leads, they typically just dump it somehow in a template for a job ad. And uh, that also then gets um, lost in information and you just come up with requirements that maybe don't matter in the end. 
So we started trying to get this very raw data. That's one part of the business. And the other thing is because it's automated, because it's with AI in the end, um, we lose a lot of the inflexibilities um, that agencies or headhunters have because they can only have that many clients, that many talents, and they typically get all of their market knowledge by being like super in a niche. Um, so if you want to have some tech talent in AI and so on, there's probably a talent pool out there somewhere that's like super niche, kind of like Tomei as well, or companies have to start working with agencies that can provide those talents. And that's the other thing about our business where we can break those barriers and basically give you the option to find whatever actually fits best to you, no matter how different your interests are. We pride ourselves in, in finding something that fits all of them or fits what you want to do. I was going to ask you about the data and how you go around with data when it comes to privacy. And are you, are your company, is your company keeping up the data or when it's done with the client and the team lead, it gets all like deleted or something like that. So how do you guys go around with data and did you have any difficulties in that area? As you told, mm. the data finding was a bit, um, difficult for you in the if, beginning if you want to look at us that way then we are in essence also a data collection company because we need to get this um yeah what you care about and what the team cares about it's not as fleeting as you think because a team lead typically hires multiple positions so yeah. while the unique details for that particular role might not be relevant anymore the general just is still relevant and we can use it to bootstrap the next role that the team lead is hiring for and on the other hand for the talents you're also probably going to join um, into another job. However, we are GB, uh, GDPR compliant, um, um, which means, and that's also a big thing that um, companies care about actually, because no other company is doing that apart from the very big ones, that um, the, the laws that are written there, for example, when you want to delete your account, that all of your data is deleted. We can follow that. Uh, since we built the um, whole company basically on existing models and started in the beginning kind of saying like models are going to improve, we need to find the spaces in between the models and try to build a great user experience around it and not worry about like training the next best model. Uh, we also have, don't have this typical training issue that you have with data that somehow you need to then remove that checkpoint that you had the data in and so on. So since we're not using the direct data for training anything, but rather the paths that the people take, the um, connections or what happened during a connection that uh, made it great and so on, um, yeah, we can comply fully. And uh, if you want to delete your data, you can delete it again. Of course, we um, can learn a lot about um, your path. We can help you a lot. So what's your business model? So on the, the whole model um, basically consists on the, uh, out of the costs and how we yeah. earn money. And uh, while the costs are um, for the whole industry pretty low because it's fully automated and yeah. we don't have those variable costs of having to um, yeah, support a talent in person, the getting people to pay for it is the tricky part. And um, there, since we are a platform, we're not actually selling our software, but we're rather uh, selling the service. So um, this is typically called software as a service. So the talents don't pay anything, but rather the companies are um, yeah, responsible for paying for it. And also there we have a kind of unique position to anybody else in the market because we're targeting the team lead. Anybody else is targeting the recruiters or the company itself. And so this is on one hand a challenge, on the other hand a great opportunity for us to like go with the team lead and have them basically pay for whoever they're getting into the company. So let's talk about the market a bit. Was it hard for you to go from 
um, a technical job to be in the market and to experience it the first hand. How was it? How did you adjust or <laughs> did you have any difficulties when it comes to money, handling money and stuff? We're still adjusting. Uh, we are in the market entry right now, which means we're selling to the first people. The whole startup space is very different from the typical technical perspective, which we can talk about in a second. The interesting thing in, in founding something, especially if you're students that don't have a lot of money, finishing your master and before your first yeah. job, <laughs> jumping straight in, um, we got supported by grants. That was a pain to get. It's getting better now, but um, Germany is supporting us with a few grants so that we basically have now um, essentially a year to build uh, what we want to build. And uh, through that year and what we're building and the idea that we had, we get more and more connections towards people that can help us out, can get us more money to keep building it. And now when we uh, successfully enter the market, we should also have some revenue um, to spend on it. But the thinking is a completely different one because you need to go away from your solution and you need to go really into what is the problem and how you can basically help with the problem in the smallest possible way. And since we're not recruiting experts, that yeah. was kind of the most interesting part because we took almost a year to understand the market, to dive deep into it, to talk with tons of people, recruiters, agencies, team leads, talents, and so on, to really understand what is, a, what is smoke and what is fire, what of the recruiting problems actually are the big problems. And when we then arrived at the team lead, and basically that in the complex world today where you really want to make a quality hire, that's really hard to do. That's when we found the problem and then could start working on a solution, try to do some tests and so on. It's also amazing because I'm having two co-founders that um, are obviously better in that side of things. So yeah. um, I'm having one co-founder who um, studied with me in my master's, which was finance information management. So he has the business side completely under control, knows all all about numbers and um, has a super strong determinism to just get through every problem. He's also uh, doing like professional mountain biking <laughs> on the side and everything. He's a crazy person. Wow. But so he's taking care a lot about this um, getting to the next step, not from a product or technical perspective, but rather from like a market perspective. Yeah. And then you have my uh, third co-founder who studied UX design and has been uh, doing a lot of product in other startups has also been actually the head of design once of Tomei. You might know Ramona, I don't know. Um, she's my sister, um, oh. so you can also find her probably now on LinkedIn. But the point is that um, she has a lot of user experience uh, done in her life, which means that trying to understand the team lead, trying to understand their problem without knowing what exactly the solution should be um, is a super challenging task because nobody can tell you what the next recruiting solution is. So she is extremely valuable and just uh, doing a lot of tests, trying to figure that out, building the next product vision, talking a lot with me to understand what can be done and what um, next thing can we build and so on. So that's kind of how we balance the from just tech can do a lot to actually now building something that we can enter the market with. It sounds cool though, because uh, when you're a person who just started to get to know this area, you have to have someone be by your side, work yeah. with you. Strong support systems, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it sounds cool. So you said one year of thinking how you guys want to enter the market and what you are, you want to do. So for how many years were you thinking about this uh, idea? So we, we started, um, when was that? 
end of uh, like basically one and a half years ago to just have this idea of like AI can do a lot with recruiting. We in one week we got it into an, uh, a version to just like say like hey this could help. We pitched it in front of people. They said you need to do this, and so we started looking into it. And uh, then there was this whole journey of different support programs, different uh, grants that we applied for, trying to understand what exactly the problem is. And that took roughly a year. And uh, that's also the time which we will probably get back and uh, get into later, where we joined the AI lab. And during the AI lab, we found then our problem. Then we started building the solution, got a few grants, and since February now, we're yeah. full time. So basically, we started full time in February, and since then we've been building things, talking to people, showing it to people, and now starting to sell it. What was your hardest experience throughout those one and a half years? What was the hardest thing to handle for you? I think there is two things. Um, one on the business side or um, on the whole startup side, and one in technical perspective. The whole startup um, is a huge challenge if you do it the first time. Um, If you guys know some people that are serial founders, having a serial founder on board makes a lot of things easier because you're basically trying to figure out how to build a business while building a business, which is super stressful. So the whole team dynamics, the support system, I think I've never spent so much time with uh, Zebi and Ramona um, just trying to understand what the fuck we need to do. Um, so all of that part is super, super difficult. And it still is. We're still questioning constantly, like, is this the right way of building a business? And the other thing on the technical side is typically when I, uh, every technical problem I touched, it is like, hey, this is what we need to achieve. This is measurable what we want to achieve. Let's go and do that. And then it's just about using the tech in some way to actually do that. It might be super complex, but it's always very definitively working in the end. And in recruiting, where we found that the biggest problem is quality, that's really hard to measure if impossible. So building some technical solution for something that is not measurable is really, really hard. So on one hand, you try to make up things that you measure and just go step by step by step and just see what works. And the other thing, and that's what we optimize now really, is just to build um, the things that can be shown the quickest. So basically the time until we show something to somebody to see if it got better is what we optimize for. So even now I'm building in the back end a lot of things that helps Ramona just tweak things uh, for the next test so that she can directly iterate with the team lead, for example, instead of us having to go back and provide some super complex technical solution because a lot of the things that we need to build we don't even know yet. Yeah. So that's really hard for, for technical teams to work without something that can be measured. But when it comes to startups, mm -hmm. you learn with experience. So yeah. you learn with time, you adjust yeah. with time, and you go maybe through hard times but those times will teach you something yeah so how did you three come together mm -hmm. that you want to build a startup so sabi and i we were um both up for jobs um finishing all our master thesis going bouldering mm -hmm. a lot together and um he was that guy that always had just like ideas of like could ai do this could ai do that and i was the ai guy in the room i could say yes or no And uh, so we had a lot of conversations of just like where AI would go. Um, we actually had like um, really weirdly the idea for Bing chat back then, kind of like since uh, Codex came out or something, it can crawl the internet and then you can provide personalized answers and so on. But that's very hard to build. So we <laughs> skipped it immediately. And um, that kind of came together with all of the troubles that we saw in recruiting and also our own struggles. I literally built like a chat GPT back then for me to help 
me motivate for applying because I didn't even know why I was doing that at that point because it's just yeah very annoying to apply for jobs and um, so that kind of like got us into the idea and CB and I then were like okay let's just look into this a bit more because it's interesting and we very quickly realized that like um, he, he comes from electrical engineering and business he has a way bigger business focus than me so it made sense for us to team up but we are both not um, the strongest in terms of experience with people with um, design, with user experience and so on. And well, I know my sister, so that was very easy to, I think after one week she joined us and she got really hyped for it. Um, because from her perspective, it's a really interesting problem because it's a people problem and it's a user experience problem. So she's basically playing a star role in trying to figure out what we need to build. And that's how we got started. Yeah, so let's go into the technical side a bit. Mm. And what are the, technical struggles that you've been through and what was the hardest uh, thing to code or to figure out when it comes to technical side? So I already said the, the measurability, yeah. everything hard, but that's not the hardest thing that we had to build. I think the hardest thing for, um, yeah, especially in AI, building an AI business, is you have everything of the tech stack. So it, nothing individually is hard. You cannot just hire somebody or, or like do it yourself that you just sit down with AI for like a month and really figure out some really complicated thing but rather the AI needs to work very well with the data needs to work well with the backend needs to work well with the front end and so you need to in matter of no time became become kind of like an expert in everything um, to quickly build a thing that you can show to people because every MVP that we tried every mock-up that we tried didn't really work because people need to experience it themselves so that kind of was the biggest challenge on how you can integrate the whole tech stack in AI very quickly and without uh, having to code for like a year, a big application. Yeah. So not everybody is a tech guy like you. Mm. So can you um, tell us about technical details, but so that um, every non-technical people can understand? What we're doing in... Uh, yeah. Okay. So... Essentially, the, the front end is user-facing on both sides is something like ChatGPT. Mm -hmm. It literally also uses technologies like that in, uh, in the backend. It means that um, we basically have a ChatGPT that knows everything about the job market, knows everything about the other side, um, knows the best practices, can interact with you. And um, then the user interface, of course, is also responsible for showing you results, getting you deeper into it and so on. And that's where basically the second big part comes in. So one is the front-end ChatGPT and so on experience, and one is the big matching engine, essentially. So somehow we need to use this super unstructured qualitative data that you just entered and bring it together with, some, with someone on their side, some team lead that also looked for someone energetic or whatever. And uh, we need to bring that together, which um, in the beginning were just very simple embedding models, which means you just dump the whole data into like huge vectors and try to calculate something. But um, yeah, essentially you can think about it in two big parts. One is the matching um, of both, both sides and one is the front end where it's very similar to ChatGPT. So how do you do the calculations with the data that you have? Because you have like personal data, yeah. personal uh, things. Oh, I am uh, really motivated yeah. to work on this field. So how, yeah. how do you do those calculations? <laughs> so part of it is of course a little bit secret, but on the other hand, um, the the biggest challenge that we kind of solved keeping that alive 
because every other approach, so if you look at LinkedIn or if you look at Indeed or something, they use keywords and filters and everything. Yeah. So um, the, the thing that we do is we keep all of those nuances and all of those semantics alive, which means that we have a whole swath of AI models in the background that basically compare your raw data with other raw data. Uh, we have some, of course, more abstract representations to make things quicker, but that's essentially it. A lot of AI is working to really understand how people fit together. And because we can keep those nuances alive, it works. Because um, you don't have to do this random double guessing game anymore, where you need to write down the skill that you think that they want to see, and they write down the skill that they think that you have. Um, but instead, you can both just talk about what you're excited about, or what you're doing, what you are, who you are. And the AI does all the figuring out in between, trying to see if this can work together or not. So uh, before you said that you joined AIE Lab. Exactly. So how was your experience there? Did it help you when it comes to handling a business and being an entrepreneur? It's your first time, so... So back then, the AI Lab was, it was a year into our journey. Mm -hmm. So we knew a lot about how to start a startup. Um, we had very little experience in doing so, but we also knew a lot already about our market. So compared to other teams that joined, we were quite far in the way that we knew a lot already. Um, but we were at the same point of trying to figure out how the hell to go to the next step. And uh, that's where AI Lab helped us a lot. Um, it was the first iteration. It was just a room full of really cool people. So yeah. they could challenge us. We could challenge them. We could understand what we learned in terms of building a business that is actually true. And on the other hand, they could challenge a few things that we were not thinking about. And that kind of brought us into, uh, yeah, into like fixing up the problem, knowing what it is going into the solution space. And uh, during the AI Lab time, we also then got our grants. And so we left the AI Lab extremely happy. We took part <laughs> in the final pitch competition, people saw yeah. us. And since then, we've not stopped running, basically. So it was kind of like a kickoff, if you want. Yeah, so how was the pitch event? That was amazing. It was like a lot of people that joined to see the startups. It was also six of the, I think, 14 startups that were initially there. Um, that were selected and the interesting thing is like no matter how far the people were there was a whole mix in those teams so some really had the idea at the beginning of the AI lab and then went to have an amazing pitch about with a prototype first results that they had during the time uh, with AI lab and uh, yeah so like six amazing teams pitching okay so what makes AI lab different from other events so we've been um, actually in a few incubators now, or like um, we've been in one incubator before AI Lab and one program which is Evor afterwards. And uh, the one before was Explore, which was more trying to teach you the entrepreneurial spirit uh, mm -hmm. when you come out of TUM, um, which was not very useful to us because the timing was off. We already had that spirit, we more needed to understand what we need to build. And the AI Lab came in extremely amazingly as like a big sandbox um, that we could play in to just see what happens as well as, um, yeah, cool people, a cool community. Um, lots of the startups are still involved. And um, the big problem, especially in Munich, is that the ecosystem was uh, very small. And since the AI Lab, that just started opening doors because Tomei from the very beginning has brought like different ecosystems together. And so I would say that that is like super unique about the AI Lab. And since it's not for equity, you can uh, join it, play around with it, and then afterwards go where you um, yeah, start your journey off then uh, with equity or with a full team and so on. So I have to, I want to jump back to um, questions about your startup. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned 
things about ChatGPT. Do you think that ChatGPT will block your path to the success? Or you think that uh, you have the matching system and it mm. differs from ChatGPT yeah. because it doesn't have any matching system? So the, the thing again is the data, which ChatGPT also, like it would need to be built for gathering the data, which is a lot of the best practices of recruiting. Uh, but yeah, it's the whole thing coming together essentially. And ChatGPT is a huge enabler for us. Um, the competition is rather on who right now owns the team leads and talents. For example, with LinkedIn, they have a very bad solution for recruiting, but they know a lot of the people. So if they build a better solution, they could uh, become a competitor or there's all of the agencies and the headhunters who do it right now manually. So those are the ones that we have to fight for the deal. So a team lead typically talks to an agency right now and we need to come in there and say like, hey, use this tool and uh, get a person through the tool instead of um, some human you've been talking and get annoyed by. And um, so that's kind of like the big competitors that we have instead of um, ChatGTB itself. It's rather that, um, yeah, the whole technology like always boosted us. The, well, GPT-3 and those models came out that enabled our idea. Then ChatGPT came out, which made our front end way easier to build because we were building it anyways. And now we just didn't have to build a lot of it. And uh, embedding models improved um, right when we needed it to. So I hope that's going to continue so we can focus really on yeah, fixing recruiting instead of having to worry about the AI models themselves. So do you have any Instagram accounts or web pages about your company so that people get can get information about it. So we uh, launched last week effectively. Um, right now we're building all of that up. So you can um, find us as Ikigai um, on LinkedIn as Get Ikigai. There's also going to be a domain soon, uh, probably getikigai.com. And uh, otherwise you can just connect with me on LinkedIn and uh, you're going to hear about what I do anyways. Yeah, and that was all, I guess. And thank you for coming. You're very welcome. And thank you for having me. The conversation was super great with you. And that's all. Don't forget to follow our Instagram, LinkedIn, Spotify, and YouTube uh, accounts. Uh, we'll see you soon there.